Is this a good guy? I don't know. Follow the fruit. Yeah, I know the world says follow your heart, but I'm telling you, follow the prompting of Holy Spirit. Obviously, you're going to talk to the people you think are cute. Welcome back to the Dear Future Husband podcast. I'm your host, Christian. Now, you ladies asked last season, can we get some male voices on? And though I love hearing from my husband, Arden, I wanted to bring on a few more guys' voices to really speak to the questions that we women have around how guys perceive modern dating. Are single guys frustrated with the stigma around dating as much as we are? What are the green flags and red flags that we can find in dating? These are just a few of the questions I tackled today with our friend Kanan Fabrizio. He is a LA native, a podcast host, such a encourager and pioneer for this generation. And we go after these topics and questions as a way to, I feel, help all of us uncover the confusing world of dating and bring some clarity and afford guidance. Let's jump in. We have coffee when you got the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen. And we switch to um, green tea and the Holy Spirit. I applaud that act. Yeah. Can't say I can follow it yet. I'm not a parent. I don't have like a, a like a little one depending on me being caffeinated. You know, it's really it's just the taste for me though. If I'm honest, yeah. it's half the battle. So, are you like a sweet coffee drinker? Like, are you doing like cream and and like are you doing like a mocha? I hardcore was that person like at Starbucks in high school that was like, give me a frappuccino, ninety percent sugar. Yeah, we've grown, we've evolved. We make our own creamer now. Hey, I put some I put some sweet stuff in there. Yeah, I have to. All right, ladies, you said it and I answered. You wanted some more guys' voices on the podcast to speak to relationships because let's face it, relationships are not just about women. It's men and women coming together in the fullness they were created to be in uniqueness, might I say. I feel like that's something we have to preface in this day and age is there are unique identities there are unique responsibilities uh there's just like this beautiful essence of male and female so we wanted to bring on some male voices within season two so Caden, we are very grateful that you're here i love my husband arden but i think he would also be happy that there's other male voices speaking to the ladies it doesn't all rise and fall on his words so thank you for taking some of that mantle with him absolutely i'm honored to be here thanks for thanks for having me um Following up Arden's words is a lot of pressure. So hopefully I can do well. That guy <laughs> absolutely throw down. So it's going to be fun today, though. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you guys have not met Caden yet, I actually met Caden with friends in Nashville uh, a little bit after we moved here. So it's it's been fun to... Um, I feel like our friend group just like expands more and more each year. We're bringing these awesome people into the fold in very different seasons of life and, and yeah. states. You're out in LA, we were just talking about that, uh, doing Yona nights. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we jump into the hard hitting question? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we launched Yona uh, about three months ago and with the goal and the mission to bring unity to the body of Christ through young adults. Um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that uh, there was revival coming and it was gonna spark in the hearts of united young adults across the nation. And we just worship Jesus together and I give a short word, we get encouraged. And then we find ways to build community and just be the body of Christ. It, it's so interesting how like, as soon as you think maybe God's done with something or done with a place, oftentimes he's just getting started. And I think that that's kind of what you were seeing in California. I've even heard people refer to California as the modern Sodom and Gomorrah. And I just so kindly remind people that um, what God was looking for was a few righteous people. 
it's been cool to see what he's doing and just be a part of it and step it out in faith uh, is, is scary at times, but God's good. That's really powerful. I mean, just a few chosen people too. I, you know, not to, to pull a segue there, but I think that's common for what we're seeing in the dating world as well. Modern dating, it feels just like, okay, everything has gone haywire. Nothing is really rooted in, um, not let alone truth, because there might be people that are like, I'm not a full on believer yet, but even just what's working, like how are relationships functioning and thriving? It just takes a few, I think, key people that are doing it well. Um, a few bits of wisdom that it's like, hey, this is really profound. This is grounded that I've I've been a part of. And so that's why I'm excited to talk about that a little bit more today. And you shared that you're speaking at Yona Nights, but you also encourage people through your podcast and on Instagram. One thing that you shared recently that I'd love to ask you more about is how our generation has power over what we consume. Going back to the idea of, okay, dating, yes, specifically, but even just our how it think how we do friendships, we've seen a lot that just feels like disunity, that feels like um, self-inflation instead of a true authentic self-love. What would your advice be, like speaking peer-to-peer to our generation, how do we create guardrails? You can speak specifically to men if you want to, but like how do we have a good, healthy balance and awareness of when we are are getting off kilter with our thinking? Yeah, I think... I think it's interesting because I think guardrails are great, but I think there always has to be like a foundational start to something. I think you're never going to have guardrails if you never have like a foundation to stand on. So for me, I go, well, when we're trying to live righteously and we're trying to live as um, righteous Christ followers or Christ follow or Christ following men or Christ following women, um, I think it's important that we understand like our place and our identity in Christ before we can do anything. We can't ever be righteous on our own. Like we can't ever like walk well or be perfect or like you can try and be the best moralist of your life and follow those things, but it's just never going to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's just going to be, it's going to fall flat. It's just not going to go well. It's the reason why Jesus came mm-hmm. to fulfill the law because he said like, you you can't uphold the law. There's no There's no way to do that. And so for me, I think it's important. I think it's in Second Corinthians. It talks about how when Christ died, we became the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And so I think understanding our identity first as being righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross and walking in that identity. And then once we're there, we go, okay, what can we place in our lives that allow us to continue to do this successfully? And so for me, it, it's things like accountability. It's things like being aware of what we're consuming. I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, which I'm sure you have, but you are what you eat. And I always picture like when I eat a donut, I just picture myself like turning into a donut. Like you are what you eat. And that's the same thing with what you consume. So you are what you consume. So when the excuse is like, oh no, I can watch however many hours of this show and it doesn't affect me. I go, well, actually that's not true because you actually start to become what you consume. It's the reason why social media gives you a feed And this is not like a new thing I'm saying. Like people have heard this, like social media is called a feed because you feed on it. Mm -hmm. What you do is you're consuming things. And when you consume things, you're digesting things. And all day long, they're being processed through your soul, through your spirit, through your mind. And they start to form habits and patterns. So for me, I go, okay, well, I think guardrail number one is let me be cautious of what I consume. So that means if I want to look more like Jesus, if I want to, date more like Jesus 
You need more Jesus. I need more Jesus. Yeah, like if I want to live this way, if I want to be fit in the gym, I need to be working out more. You don't get fit in the gym by eating more donuts. So for me, it's the same. Yeah, I'm doing it wrong. Worst concept ever. I know it's terrible. (laughs) I'm still to this day trying to figure out like where the line is and how much like junk food I can eat and still stay fit and how much. And I'm teeter tottering. I'm trying to figure it out. But what I'm saying is what you consume, you become. And so those guardrails really have to be set so that you're consuming the right things. I love that we're talking about this analogy of food and it doesn't help that uh, I haven't eaten lunch yet. So if my mind goes haywire, I'm sorry, you know, give me grace, guys. But I was even thinking about this yesterday because I was, I've was i been making desserts a lot. And what's interesting is when we talk about like eating a balanced diet and like the idea of like, well, what's a healthy dessert? Like that feels like um, an oxymoron, yeah. but it's really like, what are the ingredients we're cooking with and what are the byproducts of what we're consuming? Like for me, I have such a big sweet tooth. But I can do like a paleo donut or I can do an almond flour and like brown sugar cookie that's not just like processed food. So it's like for me, if I'm consuming something that is actual food, is it going to produce something that leads to building fat or like an upset stomach? Or am I going to use quality ingredients that produce energy and like sustenance and nutrients? And I think when we're talking about the idea of consuming, I think a good thing for anyone listening to kind of ask yourself, is like, well, what's the byproduct? What's the byproduct your friends are doing in your life? What's the byproduct of the shows that you're watching? Or like you're saying, the people you follow on Instagram. So I love that you talk on that. And and I think there are really practical, but yet insightful ways to um, take accountability with others and with yourself. Yeah. I always say, uh, follow the fruit. I always say that. It's like, just follow the fruit. Like, hey, is is this a good guy? I don't know. Follow the fruit. Like, who does he hang out with? What does he do? How does he speak? You know, where does he spend his time? Where does he spend his money? Where does he, like, follow the fruit. Like, it's actually really a really simple thing. Like, hey, I'm into this girl. Okay, let me follow the fruit. Does she have a lot of relationships in her life? Do these people speak well about her? Does she spend a lot of time in community and in church and in the word? And how does she talk? And what does she say? What does she say about other people? How does she process? You can just follow the fruit. And you, you can say like, hey, I, I can tell that the ingredients that she's putting into her life are producing this type of thing. And it's either good food or bad fruit. Yeah. Those are green flags you mentioned. Like those are all things you're you're looking for Absolutely. when you're dating. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to throw us off of our outline here. Okay. Yeah. What are, what are your red flags either for another guy that's dating or for a female that's dating someone? What are like, these are the hard red flags you got to run the other way. Yeah. I would say number one is obviously uh, what's the relationship like with Jesus? It's obviously number one. Like this is obviously a, a faith-based podcast. Like it's not my obligation to say that to go to Jesus first. But if you want to live a life and have a healthy relationship, then their relationship with Jesus needs to be at the forefront of everything. So if it's not, red flag. And I think it's it's easy to be like, oh, they're on a journey. Yeah, but if they're not on the same journey you're on, Often it's going to bring you down. Like you don't, you, you, it's very rare. It does happen, but you often don't see like two unequally yoked people where one is like pulling the other all the way to the top. What ends up happening is they end up staying, the one ahead ends up staying stagnant because you have almost like this weight. It's not like a, Hey, I'm going to pull you up and we're going to go up together. It ends up being this like, Oh, I'm trying to pull you as much as I can, but we kind of are staying in this stagnant area. 
So I would say the first thing, like make sure their faith is at the forefront of everything they're doing and they have intimacy with Jesus. Like you can, you can read this, you can read the Bible and you can go to church, but not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, follow the fruit. You can tell when somebody knows Jesus and is intimate with him, opposed to when somebody just knows how to cite scripture and say Christianese. So I'd say, I mean, there wouldn't be the scripture of like, turn away from me. I never knew you for those calling Lord. If there was not a key factor of intimacy. Absolutely. This, the Bible talks about how the word became flesh. It became Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know Jesus, you actually, the, you don't know the Bible. So that's another podcast. Okay. I'd say second red flag is how do they treat people? How do they treat baristas? How do they treat Uber drivers? How do they treat their mom? If they treat those people poorly, you're not going to be the exception. I'm sorry. Like when the honeymoon phase wears off, when the like, oh, I'm so in love with this person and they're on their best behavior wears off, you eventually will become the Uber driver, the taxi, the barista, the waiter. Mm -hmm. If they have the capacity to treat people in that way that they don't know, they have the capacity to treat people that way that they do know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's even more so because I think the people that we're the most comfortable with see the truest version of ourselves, like you said, after the projection wears off. If someone is living a projection, we're not saying that's always going to happen, but it's like things become real. That first year of marriage is like, here's all the skeletons in my closet. And since you love me, you're going to help me sort through them. Yeah. And so like, it's dirty work, even with the best of people. So make sure you know, like a snippet of who this person is and like what you're, you're willing to journey with through life with them. I'd say my third one is, um, do they have a lot of friends? Do they have good relationships? I will tell you, cause I've been there. There's nothing worse than being in a relationship, but being lonely. And it's because the person that you dated or yourself didn't value the power and the the necessity of friendship. And so I would say if you're looking at a person to date them or to be interested in them, look at their friends. Do they value friendships in their life? Are they a good friend? Do they love people well? Do people want to be around them? And when they're around them, how do they make those other people feel? Do people leave spending time with that person, feeling better about themselves, more encouraged and like they had maybe a few minutes with Jesus? Or do they leave drained, exhausted, tired, and with nothing good to say? So I think that's that shows a lot. Like if you meet someone and they go, no, I really only have like one good friend. I'm going, why? You know, like, well, how come? Like, you don't want friends? Like, you don't enjoy friends? You don't? And I think that's a red flag because I think that it just shows the their revelation of of friendship. And I think Christian would even probably agree with this, like, Friendship shows and manifests a side of Jesus that you can't be seen in many other things. Yeah, and I'll throw a caveat out there for the the introverts like me. Even emphasize quality. Like for me, I'm like my tight knit, but it like what you're saying. How are your friends talking about you? How do they? How do you make them feel? Are you actually there for them, or is it transactional? Well, uh, like you don't like relationships to be transactional. Absolutely not. I mean, I know, I know, like, for even for introverts, like, you can be like me who's outgoing and I have like a mil- million, too many friends, probably. And, but I definitely have like my core people. But even like for you, Christian, like, I know a lot of your close friends. What do they say about me, Caden? Come on. It's up right now on this podcast. But <laughs> I know the people that you've chosen. 
I will tell you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Sammy does tell. <laughs> no, I'm saying like I just know those people that you've surrounded yourself with, and this is great to your point. Like maybe the person that you're interested in has five friends. That's it. But what is the quality of these friends? Like Christian said, like the quality of your friends, Christian, is second to none. That's a reflection of who you are. So I'd say it's the same for everybody. That's a great point. I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. I think Absolutely. that's um, that's helpful to have in your arsenal. It's so. I remember, guys, I remember the haze that comes around dating, especially the first few when like everything is rainbows and butterflies and like the possibility alone is the amplification that you're feeling your emotions and and sorting that through. So just remembering and asking these hard questions, that's something that Art and I always share. And people ask like, well, what are the hard questions you asked? And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't making him prove, tell me five Bible verses that you know off, off the cusp or anything like that but it's just like hard questions in the sense of they're foundational like you were saying you know that this person is rooted to something and that by effect we as a couple will be rooted in something and to me that's the the whole argument it's I won't go on this field for long but the argument around being equally yoked is like why would you want to be unequally yoked Mm -hmm. like I know I have such a limited if I'm not connected to Jesus I don't love who I am. And so when marriage gets messy, I want to make sure that I'm rooted. This person keeps me rooted to the same thing. So if you want another conversation on that, guys, let me know. We're happy to journey there. But I have two more questions I want to answer for Caden and let him share with you all on. You've mentioned before how we can't be controlled by others' opinions. I think you and I both have, you know, experiences of this and why we cannot. But I think this also weighs into dating whether it's, you know, you're only dating the people that your friends want you to date um, or you are looking for validation within dating. It's not even, I feel God's called me on this journey, but like I want to satisfy something within myself. What would you say as um, a caution to people or an, an encouragement not to for taking in others' opinions as like it trumps all? Yeah, I mean, I think if you care what people think about you, you're going to be controlled by it. But if you care what Jesus thinks about you, you'll be liberated by it. And so I think it first comes down to like where you get validation from. And I think like if you're dating, like you said, for validation, if you're dating for, um, well, I, I want someone who I'll get my value out of, or I want someone that people go, oh, I can't believe they got them, you know, like, or wow, dating someone so good looking or who makes so much money. If you're dating for that kind of val- validation, I think you're going to live and die on it. But if you are dating out of what you're already validated by, which is Jesus, and he's already saying, no, you're already you're already called, you're already loved, you're already chosen, you're already mine, and you already have that foundation, then I think how you're able to date out of that changes. I think you stop dating to be impressive. I think you even stop going on dates with the pressure of having to perform and be impressive. And you could just walk into a room and go, I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm just here to love people well. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get any value from any of these people that are in this room. They don't define who I am. And whether they reject me or accept me doesn't change anything about who I am or who God has made me to be. So then you can walk into a space, a place, a day, uh, an interaction with somebody. And your first thought can be, well, I'm validated in Christ. I know who I am. So how can I love you best? And then you're able to just 
everything can shift. There's freedom to be who you are. There's freedom to love people well. There's freedom to ask the hard questions because you're not afraid that they're going to reject you or they're going to run away. And you're able to love and lead open-handedly. Mm -hmm. I think you're when you're like loving and you're trying to date out of a place where it's like, I need something from them. You kind of end up grasping onto things and holding onto things and being like, well, they have to stay because if they leave, then my value will leave. Or if they leave, then my, I'll be rejected or what I've played, I've built my foundation on is going to crumble. So they better stay here. So I won't ask the hard questions. I won't bring up the things I'm feeling. I won't. And you kind of stay there. But if you're on the other side of the spectrum and you're going, hey, Jesus already says I'm X, Y, Z, then you just love open-handedly. You go, hey, I love you and I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear who you are. And if you choose to leave, it doesn't change anything about who I am. Right. I'm just able to love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard it said that if we live for people's positive validation, that will fall under their criticism. And I think that's so true. It's like yeah. our bank already has to be full or we're just like, experiencing we're not evaluating or like trying to like you're saying fill voids or like fill us up uh you know one thing getting ready to release my book I've been so excited and I'm like I even found the other day I was like god I just hope this reaches people and so that well maybe someone's gonna reach out today and be like oh my gosh it's exactly what I needed and I thought does that change anything like does that change any of the words that have already been written does that change the testimonies that are in pl place it doesn't you know I really don't want anyone to come and be like this was crap I yeah, didn't understand yep but I also just want to have such an open hands where it's like I know honestly and, and truly that so much of this was God's words and not even my own and so like my hope lies in that and I think if we have that same kind of correlation of like I know so much of the best of me is who God's created me to be I'm not looking to change any of that. So whether one does receive me well or they don't want to go on a second date with me, hypothetically, because I'm married. Yeah, um, yeah, but you're you, dating right now. I'm dating my husband. Oh, uh, see, it was a trick question you asked. <laughs> uh, but if you're in that boat of like, I just have this urge, like I really want to be loved. Innately as females, we, like the Bible Bible even talks about husbands who love their wives as they love themselves. So there is such a beautiful way that a husband will love a wife in the same likeness of how Christ loves the church. So it's something we will receive. But what Caden and I are trying to encourage you to do is to, especially as a single woman, live from a place of like, well, that mirrors a relationship that Christ has for us. So the core of us is to be loved by God, to be his daughters, to be his chosen bride. And everything outside of that is a compliment. So you have this desire to be loved. You want to love someone. That's amazing. Lean into it as this is a cup runneth over moment. And like, I love well because I'm already loved. You know, I think there's just such an area and a great haze for our emotions and our happiness and even like attraction. Like we were saying, like, how does this person make me feel to be our direction for dating but when I, I'm putting words in your mouth here, that's not how we encounter that terrain. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's like, let's not be like so spiritual that we're not like realistic. Like, obviously, you're going to talk to the people you think are cute. Like, obviously, that's like the first step. Like, I mean, sure. often I'm not like, I'm not going to like approach someone that I'm not like a little bit attracted to. Like, that's obvious. But if that's what you live and die on, like, yeah beauty fades but like character and integrity and who they are will, will remain 
Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's, you know, scripture talks about how our heart is deceitful above all else. What do you mean? The world says, follow my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I know the world says, follow your heart, but I'm telling you, follow the prompting of Holy Spirit and the discernment that he gives you around a person. Because yeah, you can get caught up in your feelings and you can get caught up in your attraction and you can be like, oh, this person's so fly and I love them and they're so cool and they, they make me feel this way and they give me butterflies and I'm also, but they treat you terribly. You know, you just haven't paid attention to it because why the heart can be deceitful above all else. So I I think it's important, like Christian said, um, not to be driven by your thoughts and your heart and your emotions, but allowing Holy Spirit to discern, to lead you, direct you. Uh, I think it's really interesting, like when you're able to use and like be aware of the Holy Spirit in all the things that you're doing, including dating. Yeah. Like Jesus wants to actually be in those things and in those moments. And like, I think we often put Jesus into this box, like, okay, well, he wants to be in maybe in my work and he wants to be maybe in, in uh, my ministry and he wants to be maybe here, but I don't necessarily think he wants to be at the Italian food restaurant on a Friday night with his girls. But I feel like if, if the Holy Spirit is your help, doesn't he want to be there even for the big moments of you picking your partner that will also be your helper? I don't think a lot of people know this, but when when uh, the Greek word used for helper to describe the Holy Spirit is actually the same word used to describe a wife, um, to describe Eve. And so it's interesting, the, the dichotomy between the two. So I would just say, I think the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in helping you pick your helper. And so I just would say, allow him to be in those moments and be aware of Holy Spirit even when you're at dinner on a Friday night with somebody you have a crush on. I don't know if that's a good answer. I hope it is. No, I think it's great. And I love that you speak to the realness because we have talked a lot about faith throughout this podcast where it's a male scope on on dating, modern dating. But um, there, I hope you guys hear that. There is a way to not like negate or hyper-spiritualize, but just like there's a tandem and again, not even just in dating, but how you're living your life, where you're going, how you treat people around you. Um, let that just all be Holy Spirit filled. I think this has been great advice that you've given us. Things honestly to chew on. Is there any parting wisdom that you want to leave people with or even sharing how they can connect with you and um, questions with Caden, your podcast for more talks? Yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, parting wisdom, I would just say, hey, y'all, I'll just encourage you, like, make sure you're be- you have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I think so many questions, concerns, and confusion gets ironed out when you spend time with your creator and then your father and your friend, Jesus. And uh, I would just encourage you, if you have questions about someone you're dating, if you're unsure, if you want to live more righteously, if blah, 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 anything we talked about today, take it to Jesus. Get in the presence of God and let him transform and renew your mind and stuff will begin to shift in your life. Um, how you can follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at caden.fabrizio. Um, and I have a podcast called Questions with Caden, which is available on all uh, streaming platforms as well as YouTube. Um, and what we do in that podcast is we ask one faith question per podcast to help answer it relevantly and biblically for your life. Yeah, you can find that anywhere. And if you're a SoCal young adult, come to Yona. We'd love to have you. I love that sound by even rhymes. Yona, love to have you. I have. I have to use it. <laughs> It's my journalism major side. I'm like, oh, rhyming. Good, I'll good. All in you for like for like catchphrases. <laughs> I have one more question if you have time for it. I just thought yeah, of it. Absolutely. Okay. 
I, I'm not airing your dirty laundry because it's not dirty. But um, as a single guy, what I've noticed about you and what I, I love seeing different people's personalities, especially like in our friend group, the different unique uh, essences to everyone. You're a single guy, driven. You love fashion. What is your um, your scope on individualism and like how to present that? Because I think so often, especially in dating, people are like, well, this is what's trending or this is what's perceived well. And I think people hinder themselves from exploring those avenues. And sometimes, honestly, especially guys, they're like, well, I don't want to seem off by this. I don't want to, you know, take a chance that someone doesn't like me. I guess point blank. Do you think it's worth like really having that terrain, especially in singleness when you have the liberty to do so to explore like these are my passions. These are my my talents. This is what um, may seem not worth exploring, but I actually enjoy. I think that's one of the biggest gifts singleness offers us. So um, do you tell other people to do the same? Yeah. I mean, I just think I'm like a big proponent of like thriving in your singleness i think there's this idea for and i think maybe we perpetuated it in the church and even in culture but it's like this idea of like just survive your singleness until someone comes i'm like why survive thrive because i think when that person does come i think they deserve the best of you and i think you can only become the best of you if you thrive in your singleness you thrive in your relationship with jesus and then you let that help you thrive in all the areas that you feel called to and you're passionate about and then when you find that person not watering those things down, like I think for me, like you said, I love fashion and I often am going to like push the barrier with fashion at times. And for me, it's like, if I meet a girl that's not into that, I'm like, well, that's what I enjoy. So I'm not going to water that down because you don't enjoy that. Maybe yeah. you're just not the right person. So like for me, I'm going, I think it's time to start to thrive as believers in our singleness and um, believe that God wants to do something in your life, even if you're not married. Like a lot of us think our life starts once we get married, but there's so much growth that happens when you're single. There's so much exploration of who you are and finding out what you're called to and your gifts and your talents and breaking out of these boxes and barriers that you've placed yourself in or past relationships or people or whatever. And figuring out who God has actually created you to be and then thriving in that, um, I think helps lead you into thriving in a relationship in the future. So good. Kevin, thank you. Um, we're so happy to have you here on your future husband podcast. Man, I'm honored. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys know Christian Arden. I love you guys. I'm in your corner always and very honored to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it brought some insight and encouragement to your day. If it did, be sure to leave a like, a comment, or subscribe if you haven't already so we can keep bringing you new episodes each week.